<laughs> this was a tough one to get going. I've been fighting with my uh, laptop and Audacity for a little bit because um, I plugged a DAC and uh, because my headphone jack on my laptop is wrecked um, a couple years ago, and I, I have a an external DAC that I plug into my USB so I can enjoy the music, and um, I'm using that with my in-ear monitors and I'm trying to listen to my recording and I'm getting error after error from Audacity saying dude this isn't what and I'm not getting what the problem is so I'm getting angrier and angrier and finally I'm like obviously the universe hates me because I can't even do my podcast I am I am neglected that single pleasure the one bright light in my life you know just going on and on and then I realized like oh I'm being an idiot because I'm trying to tell Audacity that my headphones are the microphone and it's going, this is not your microphone. These are headphones. What are you trying to do? So, sorry. Hello and welcome to a bonus quarantine episode of the Heart of Markness podcast. This week, it is a Rush concert. This is by request from my dear friend old friend, childhood friend from way back in New Hampshire, my friend Mark, who's also a patron, all hail, uh, he wanted me to do a Rush show from the Signals tour, which turned out to be not a tall order, but a taller order than I thought it would be, because turns out that there's not a lot of great sounding shows, at least from the digital Rush experience. A lot of great sounding shows from the Signals tour. And when I was looking, there were nothing. And then all of a sudden, a whole bunch just poured onto Dime a Dozen. And um, this is supposedly the best one of the lot. It is Rush from London, from Wembley in London, May 21st, 1983. This is the Signals from London remaster. And I got to tell you, here's the caveat for the emptors. I am not a Rush fan. I don't not like them, but they just never did it for me. So I know the hits. I saw them back in like 2012, maybe 2011. I don't know. I saw them with my friends, Liz and Jeremy. And um, as in Jeremy, who bought me the microphone through which I'm speaking to you. Yes. All hail. Good guy. Great guy. And um, it was a wonderful show super great and it was like I knew like six of the 800 songs but it, it was insane because I just got to marvel at their musicianship and uh, great time but they never really I, they're, they're on a different frequency than I am for the things that I love so it's one of those things of where I 100% acknowledge the talent and the genius and their humor and their integrity and the fact that they all seem to be great guys who are really funny and really nice. And, um, but because they were never a big part of my life, I was incredibly shocked at how big they were when, when Neil passed. And, um, even today, I would say 25% of my Twitter feed is rush content 
And um, I, I mean, I follow a lot of classic rock Twitter, which is hard because a lot of it is just young people who are just like, oh, Jimmy Page. Oh, I'm crying with a picture of him, my baby. And then 150 other people who just take the opportunity to go, you know what he did with girls, right? You know what he did, right? You know, what he's a monster, right? And everybody does that with everything, whether it's because everybody at some point has done something wrong. So, if you like John Lennon, it's like, how could you like John Lennon? He was so horrible to Cynthia. Wife beater. I didn't know you supported wife beaters. And it's like, fuck. That's Twitter. But, um, in any case, um, I'm not a huge Rush guy, so I, I am a little out of my element here. I mean, I, I picked the songs I know, and then I picked the song that was pointed out on the Digital Rush Experience page as being unique. So... This is probably, I mean, Rush fans, you, I am a fool. I am, I am not qualified to do this, but I, I mean, I know enough about them to muddle through. I mean, I've watched a couple of, of, of their documentaries. I've seen them live. Um, I think the only Rush albums I ever owned were Permanent Waves and Hemispheres. No, I own 2112 as well. Okay. But I, I never really, I never got, I never really listened to Hemispheres. 2112, I listened to a few times and I'm like, oh, that's cool. But it didn't, it didn't hook me. It didn't hook me as in like, yes, this is changing my life. I mean, that's what, that's what Led Zeppelin did. That's what the Rolling Stones did for me and Bob Dylan and things like that. But... We're going to muddle through, so all this is a very long-form way of me leading up to... I apologize that this is not going to be information-rich, because I don't have a lot of information. I don't have anecdotes, I don't have the inside stuff, like if there was a Zeppelin show and go... You know, at this point, um, you'll hear Alex's tone was different, because he had to use his secondary backup guitar... I don't even know what he plays... I don't even, I mean, so there you go. All I know is that for a long time, they all dressed like Rick Wakeman. And uh, they're insane musicians. They're wonderful people. And there was this one Satanist kid when I was in high school in like 1982 that uh, denounced them as being white magic. So there it is. My entire Rush experience. However... The songs I know are awesome, and the songs they play at this show are awesome. The sound is pretty good. And from what I've read, this is about as good as I'm going to get for the Signals Tour. Now, maybe that's changed. Maybe there's a million other things that are out there that are better since this, this was released. I don't know. But let's jump into it. This is, I think, their fourth night at Wembley. Is it Wembley Stadium? Let's take a look, shall we? It is Wembley Arena, London, England. Da, 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 da. May 21st, 1983. Why, that would have been heading towards the end of my freshman year in high school. So there we go. So what are we going to play, Mark? What are we going to play from this? Well, we're going to play the first two songs, Spirit of Radio and Tom Sawyer and Spirit of Radio 
goes right into Tom Sawyer. There's no break, so I'm going to play them together. I'm not going to speak between the two because they just one just flows effortlessly into the other in a very, very cool way that if I were at this show, I would go woo because it's a woo-worthy uh, event. So let's jump to it, shall we? Not like I'm adding a great deal of content, but here we go. Rush, May 21st, 1983, Wembley Arena, London, England. Spirit of Radio, Tom Sawyer. See you in a few.
They're so effortlessly good. They're all so competent at their instruments, and they're such a tight band. And yet it isn't soulless or mechanical or aloof like some of, like, um, I don't know, King Crimson can be. Not that it's not bad in any way, but it's, it's, there's a sense of humor here, and that's unique. These guys are goofballs, and they know it, and they embrace it, and they're fine with it. And they're also insanely good musicians. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I wish it had a little more bass, but what can you do? Hope you liked it. Now, the next song I'm going to play is Digital Man. And I know nothing about this song other than it is a rarity. So I'm playing it because if you are a live Rush fan, that's something you're going to be more interested in hearing because you're probably not going to be all that interested in hearing another Tom Sawyer. It'd be like a casual Zeppelin fan going, and here's Stairway to Heaven. Okay, good. You know, um, but Digital Man, at least according to the notes that I've read about this show and this tour, is a fairly unique live outing. So... In the name of uh, novelty and and value, I'm going to play it. I'll listen to it along with you. I I may recognize it because, I mean, I grew up in the 80s and everybody had signals and moving pictures and that stuff playing, even though I didn't really wasn't into it. All my friends were. So it may be something I'll be like, oh, yeah, I know this song. In any case, let's listen to Digital Man from Rush in London, England, May 21st. 1983. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good night. 
don't need a bed. Thank you. He's a digital guy. Okay, time to go into the suburbs. Suburban life. This is called subdivisions. That was kind of cool. It was kind of like Rush does the police, which I'm sure is what everybody who hears this song says. So I'm sure it's not an original, original thought, but um, very cool. They were constantly experimenting, constantly stretching out, doing other stuff. And um, they're a hell of a band. I kind of feel this is a weird parallel to draw, but I kind of feel about this episode the way I did about the Elton John one I did where with the uh, 75 concert of his that I did. It was that case of like, I know a good chunk of the songs that he played. I don't know all of them, but I know his hits. So I felt kind of like an imposter doing the, the episode, but it was well received. And, um, you know, if nothing else, you're a Rush fan. You're hearing live Rush on a podcast. That's cool. And like I do with uh, every every show that's that I can, I will upload this and you'll be able to get this entire show, all two discs, verse of it and uh, the cover art and all that hoo-ha. That'll be on heartofmarkness.com. Um, I'll probably throw that up there once this is posted. So if you're listening to this, there's a good chance it's up there. And if it's not, check uh, tomorrow and it, it, it will be. So you'll be able to have this entire show to yourself and listen to all the songs that I should have played instead of the ones that I knew. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Now we're going to follow Getty's lead. And uh, at the end of Digital Man, he said, now we're moving out to the suburbs, which is Subdivisions. Another song I know. So we're going to listen to Subdivisions. Eh? I said A because they're Canadian. Yes. Yes. Relate to your audience, Mark. That's what they told you. All right. Subdivisions. Here we go. In the shopping malls. Good song. Fuck. All right. They're a good band. They are. They're a good band. Here you go.
very impressive also in that they they not only pull off the album, which I think is always my biggest critique of theirs, is that they they perform their songs because their songs are fully formed when they're recorded, so they try and replicate that, which is respectable. I like looser and dirtier stuff um, that, that, that boogies off on its own and jams a little, you know, like, oh, Led Zeppelin. But these guys, um, f- with the technology, with it being 1983 and being live and having to manage and balance all those different instruments, I mean, all the mics on Neil's drums, first of all, there's got to be three million of them. And then Alex's guitars, which are pretty far down in the mix. It's keyboard heavy, which, you know, was the sound they were going for. But I I could have used a little more Alex in that mix. But the synthesizers, the bass pedals, the bass itself, Getty's vocals, and having the mix be so not terrible and the instrumental reproduction being not that terrible. I'm thinking back to Led Zeppelin's 1980 tour and the ridiculously terrible keyboard sounds on that. And that's only three years prior. Now, granted, three years advancement in synthesizer and digital technology at that point was probably a lot, was probably some quantum jumps. But um, if you listen to a live performance of In the Evening, and the ridiculously inane and and thin keyboard parts on what on the record is a very 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 lush and full and um catonic sound and, and and soundscape just full full of sonic information and mood and live it's Jimmy going brown and Jonesy just going with on a synthesizer not even his left hand holding a chord or his his foot holding a bass pedal nothing else and it it's cheesy 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 as hell and it, it makes me mad because it's a great song and it never really got its due um in my opinion in my opinion um live Page Plant did it, and I love it live only at the very end and the last fifth of the song or, or quarter of the song after Jimmy's solo when the whole band comes in and the whole string section comes in and the whole Egyptian percussion section and the Egyptian string section section comes in. And it's everybody playing at once and you have Michael Lee smashing on the drums and then you have all the Egyptian percussionists just playing all this syncopated stuff around it. At that point, I love it. But up till that point, not so much. Um, what's that have to do with Rush? Nothing. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm speaking from what I know. Um, but in comparison, when Zeppelin did that, and Led Zeppelin, biggest band in the world, when they went on the road and did it and the fact that Jonesy couldn't couldn't do anything to fatten up that sound and then Rush comes out just a few years later and 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 um a couple just 3 years later and 
just plays this stuff that ha- is multi-layered and it's incredible that three musicians can replicate that sound in the first place so mad props to that but then to actually replicate it replicate it accurately and 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 completely in a live setting in the 80s with the technology where you know nowadays you can go on stage with a laptop and and make unbelievable sonic scapes soundscapes and and sound great and have tapes playing and things you you can you know it's easier to sound better nowadays you still need talent but it's but much much easier to sound good and rush could this could have easily been a train wreck it must be very very hard to mix so they must have had a you know hats off to the sound crew hats off to the band themselves for working on the live arrangements cuz it's obvious they worked on it to get it to sound so so good they're not relying on other musicians, which would have been so easy to do. You know, like Genesis or somebody would just have other folks, have another drummer, have another, you know, have a bass player, you know, somebody to fill that in. So Getty doesn't have to run around and do all this shit. So Neil doesn't have to play all this crazy shit, but they did it themselves and they did it right up until right up until a couple years ago, well into their 60s. And they are impressive. They, I, you know, my hat's off to them, and they are. I get it. I guess what I get, I get it. I get why people love this band the way I love Led Zeppelin. I, I just now talked myself through the process of understanding it. Empathy, yay! So that's really cool, guys. All right, Rush is an awesome band, and I'm going to play you one more song from this show before we wrap it up. And it's going to be New World Man. And again, it's because I know it. I'm sure there's other songs. In fact, let me tell you the set list to entice you to download the entire show. Uh, Spirit of Radio, Tom Sawyer, Free Will, Digital Man, Subdivisions, Vital Signs, The Camera Eye, Closer to the Heart, The Analog Kid, The Trees, Red Bargetta, The Weapon, New World Man, Limelight. Let me see what else. There's, there's there's two shows. On the second disc, it, there's some songs from another concert from 1986. So, well, whatever. Limelight, Countdown, 2112 Overture, Temple of Syrinx, Xanadu, La Villa Strangiato, which is always awesome, In the Mood, which is fun, YYZ. Oh, he said Zed. Yay! Uh, and then the rest of the show, the rest of the, the tracks on disc two are from uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, March 25th, 1986. And you, you got your big money, Manhattan Project, Middletown Dreams, Witch Hunt, Red Sector A, Marathon, and another version of the trees. All right. So download it. What do you have to lose? Nothing. All right. Let's hear New World Man, and then we'll wrap this up, folks. Okay. All right, here we go. Thank you. 
And there you have it. Rush. 1983, London, England, Signals Tour. Good stuff. Really good stuff. And a decent recording. There were some tape issues, but I mean, you get what you get, right? And it's great to hear. I love hearing the people around the taper. I love hearing the the enthusiasm and just the sound of these people, you know, 37, almost 40 years ago. You know, what are they doing now? For a moment, they were happy, right? That's all you can hope for, right? All right. All right. Social media. Follow me on Twitter. Heart of Markness. Join my Facebook group. Also Heart of Markness. Seeing the pattern. Heartofmarkness.com is where you'll find the live shows in their completion where possible. So you can pop up there and uh, grab the shows. You can also listen to the podcast if you want to. Although, why would you? You're already listening to it. So, I don't know. I'm overthinking it. And uh, what else? Oh, Patreon. Yes, if you like what I'm doing and you want me to keep doing it and want to support me in doing it and be better than other people, because by supporting me, you will be better than other people. And that's always a plus. Um, Patreon slash Heart of Markness and uh, help keep the lights on here. Help pay for the hosting, etc., etc. Keeping me alive. My new goddamn computer that I'm going to have to get soon. I'm worried about my laptop. It's doing fine. But now that it's had its episode, you know, it's like grandpa's had his heart attack. So, uh, you know, how much longer can it's going to be? All right. <clears throat> Patrons. Da, 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 da. These are the titans upon whose shoulders this podcast rests. You got your Avi. You got your Bill. You got your Brad. You got your Danielle. Hi, Danielle. You are awesome. You got your David. You got your other David. Both Davids are also awesome. You got your Mark. This is the Mark for whom I am making this episode. Hi, Mark. Maki. I love that guy. He's a really good guy. We got your Mimo. Mimo from Norway? I don't know. Mimo, also a great guy. Active on the Facebook page. Peter. Also a great guy, active on the Facebook page, and sent me a really cool message through Patreon last week that I answered yesterday, because I'm a prick. And you got your Tracy, also a great guy, but he's named Tracy. Yeah, I know, it's like a boy named Sue, but he's a great guy, and I love that guy. You know, I like everybody on this list. Yay. All right, you should like him too, and if you want me to like you, pay me on Patreon, and I will like you so much. All right, guys. Um, yeah, let's wrap it up. Uh, next Thursday, if, you, if you're not familiar, if this is your first thing and you're like a rush dude listening to this, I do Led Zeppelin primarily, live Led Zeppelin. I'm doing these other things during the quarantine to keep myself and hopefully other people from going, you know, crazy eight bonkers during these weird times. But primarily Led Zeppelin every Thursday night without fail since July 2019. And then with fail uh, prior to that. <laughs> so I've been around a few years uh, taking it seriously for the last year. And I really like it. And I'm going to keep moving forward and doing more stuff and getting better and better. So, okay. Thank you, everybody. I might do another one of these for another show tonight. I've got a few shows in the tank I want to get out. So uh, there may be another episode tonight. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>